Hello and welcome to The Beautiful Game, a series exploring personal improvement and resiliency through interviews with soccer coaches from around the world. Beautiful Game is brought to you by Weasels FC, a brand for the tenacious, quick-witted, and occasionally underestimated. I am your host, Tony Niccolo. Join me as we learn to live, work, and play better with more confidence, resilience, and success. So I'm here today with Dave Copeland-Smith. He's a UEFA A-licensed coach and is best known as a trainer to the stars. Alex Morgan, Ali Long, Kelly O'Hara, and he does that as Beast Mode Soccer. And he's also the founder and CEO of a new app called My Soccer Training. In a previous life, he was a Plymouth Argyle fan. When he moved to the States, became an Arsenal fan. Really happy to have you here today. Looking forward to hearing your... Where did you pull that lie out of there? I was never an Argyle fan. <laughs> to be fair, I used to go to all the games, but I was not a fan. Not a fan? No. But yeah, but you're, you're not old enough that you liked Plymouth United. No. Just from Plymouth, never a fan. It was just the team, in it? Arsenal fan, mate. All right. Well, welcome, Dave. Thank you for having me. So we start off by asking a question about our producer. It's a brand called Weasels FC, but we don't want to know about Weasels FC. We want to know what you think about the animal, a weasel. I think weasels are cute. They've got a bad rep. When you slander someone, you call them a weasel, if they're like a snitch or something. And I'm a vegan, right? So I'm not like a tree hugger, but I do find the cuteness in pretty much all animals. So let me Google a weasel because they look, they're like ferret things, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they're in the same family. They're super tenacious, quick-witted animals. Wait, how weird is that? I Googled weasels and a picture of you came up. Weird. I'm the chief weasel. Yeah, look at them. They're adorable. They're like little ferrets. I used to date a girl out of pet, two pet ferrets. I used to chew my hair. They, they, they love rubber, so you couldn't leave your sneakers out because they'd eat the bottom of them cute things she was from vancouver actually not the one that you moved to california for nope so we're living in some crazy times but as a result private training or, or training at home is certainly having a, a giant moment in the spotlight because of coronavirus and the lockdowns and self-isolation how are you feeling there must be some mixed emotions about that from a global standpoint but after years of I would say disrespect from team coaches. Now the only thing available is personal technical training. Yeah, it's funny, right? Like I made a decision a long time ago not to take anything personally and I don't get involved in the isolated training arguments on social media. I just I've made my statement and we're here to serve, right? Like obviously we're known for individual training and we've championed isolated training as an important part of the machine to become a soccer player. It's not the only part I would, you know, say it's, it's very, very important, but it's not the most important. But the fact is, if you don't do stuff on your own, you're never going to be a world-class player. I don't feel like vindicated or anything. Again, I'm just here to serve. I'm like, I want to get people doing stuff on their own at home. We've started to call it separation season because... Fingers crossed, touch wood, we'll never see this again. Never see the world go into lockdown where you've got a chance to work on yourself. And so from the My Soccer Training app, 
that's set up to help guide players in, in their own development. Have you seen an uptick in, in usage from a business standpoint? Yeah, obviously we've seen you know a bunch of, of new users, which is fantastic business-wise, but I'm a very ethical person. So like when clubs were coming at me, I'm like, they were throwing money, like when it all first kicked off. And I'm like, you guys need to take four or five days to make a good decision here. And then literally they just go onto the next app and buy it because I asked them to take their time. And the other thing is like, this app's not a Band-Aid. It's not a Band-Aid. You can't just get it for a month and it's going to cure everything. Like, Well, it's not something that you just threw up because of the times that we're living through. I mean, you started as a camp coach for Major League Soccer in Florida. That was nearly two decades ago now. And then you made the trip out to California, took a job as the junior varsity coach at Harvard Westlake. And I must admit that I really love that story about Allie Riley as a senior trying to get you fired. And then she became, in some ways, the catalyst for your career. Yeah, like honestly, like Ali is is phenomenal. She's a great player. She's now at Orlando Pride. I'm really glad that she's back in the US. But yeah, as a 17 year old, she was mean. Tried to get me fired from Harvard Westlake. Didn't succeed. But later on, can't remember what year it was, but she's she's the one who pulled me aside. Said you need to grow up. You know, you coach all these, you train all these players, but no one knows about it. It was just like Dave, the soccer guy. And <laughs> to be fair, she kind of had a point because I was living in like, I was living in my friend's house on my Holland Drive in Beverly Hills. It was like a big house. It had a soccer field in it. I wasn't paying any rent. I was just looking after his dogs when he was on tour. I was living the life, but it wasn't a real life. <laughs> so yeah, she bullied me into starting a company and we get a lot of people say, oh, like, you blew up because you train all these players. And my question back is, like, how do you think that happened? Right? I just clicked my fingers and then these players appeared. Like, the amount of work that I've put in and I'm still putting in, like, I'm quite envious of people in lockdown and they're saying they're bored. I wish I could be bored. Uh, let me just... Mum, I'll call you back. I'm doing a podcast. All right, bye, Jane. Right, love you, bro. So that's Jane. She's been checking in every day because I have asthma and she's worried that I'm going to get the corona. That's a fantastic problem to have. Yeah, I don't dislike it. A mother who checks in on you. I act like it gets on my nerves, but it doesn't. Well, I, th I think that's the that act like it gets on your nerves. You know, I think people think of you as as this social media star. You're, you train famous people. Your life is easy. And I think what I've discovered about you from knowing you for a while, but also just from researching is that, that your success is really built on your personal character and how much you value relationships. I mean, a kid fresh off the boat from England, working for major league soccer camps, couldn't really afford to pay rent. And you found a family who took you in and the Ferraris essentially made you their son and lived there for years, and you had a huge influence on them. Morgan is now an assistant coach at University of Massachusetts. Then Allie Riley, who 
you didn't get on when you first met. She wanted to get you fired. Now you're good friends. And that, that relationship with her ended up when she was at Stanford. She brought in more friends. You talk about where you were living on Mulholland Drive. That's with Robbie Williams, pop star. You were looking after his house and he happened to have a training pitch. Kelly Ahara, who you were training at this point, and you sort of built this circle of people playing pickup soccer. She said, can she bring some friends? And those friends happened to be Alex Morgan and, and players that you, you train to this day. And so we live in this crazy time where you've got tech people talking about building personal CRMs and, and how do we stay in touch with the people that are meaningful to us and that we love and care about? How do you build such strong relationships and maintain them? Honestly, I always come from a, from a place of not wanting anything from anybody. I'm very, very independent. And, you know, one of the things, does it annoy me a little bit? Like, oh, social media influencer. I, I hate the word influencer. I'm a soccer trainer. I've happened to do well. But with all of those players that I train, I've never asked them to go on social media, talk about us. Because I come from a place of, I think, when you give enough value, people talk about you in a good way anyway. You know, I'm fortunate enough to be in a time where social media is big and you can reach a lot of people through it. But, you know, I learned a lot from being very close with Robbie Williams and I saw a lot. And 95% of people out there are in it for what's for them. What can I get out of this? So whether that with us, it's usually people trying to get to Alex or, or Ali or Rachel. So I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, it'd be really good if we do a collab. And I'm like, oh, what do you know? What's a collab? I train players. I don't do tricks and jumping over tires and tractor tires and hitting a ball into the top. I'm, I'm not an entertainer. I'm a, I'm a trainer, I'm not an influencer, but I guess in a certain way I do have influence. But what I would say to people in the, the, the key in relationships is what value can you bring? And if you come at it from a place of what can they bring me, then you're doing it wrong. You know, like all I've ever wanted to do with, well, we'll, take, so we'll take Alex, for instance, because Alex is a legit superstar, right? All I've ever wanted from Alex was to produce on the field. That is my want from her, is to be successful on the field. Does that have benefits for me? Yeah. Because as a trainer, as a training company, we're kind of tied in with Alex. And, you know, so it, it gives us proof and social proof that what we do works. But where I come from is a place of I want you to succeed. No one knew who Rachel Daly was when we started to train. She was at college. No one had a clue. Come from a place of, I saw something, I'm like, I, I can help this person blow up. This person's going to be a good soccer player. She's got the right attitude. I can guide this one. And she does really well, and we get the residual benefit of that. But if we didn't, that would be okay as well that would be fine because I'm not in it for that. I'm very thankful that we have our social media following. I'm really thankful for, for all of the love that we get, but we do it to make players better. But not just make players better. You've said you care about the person more than the soccer player. And 
when you switch to personal training from coaching teams, you've been quoted as saying the reason you did it is that you see results quicker and get to know the player better. But I actually don't think that you actually mean the first part of seeing results quicker, that you really do care about getting to know the player better and caring about them more as a person than as just a soccer player. Honestly, like if I can see that, like I'm working on one right now who may or may not blow up at college. And all I care about with her is to make her into a confident human being and have belief in her ability. Right. So we're not training right now because of Corona, but when we do start training, to me, that's what it's about. I actually care whether that person is happy in life. And that's beyond football. Football doesn't matter. It's kind of like with Alex in the Olympics before it got postponed. Everyone's like, is she going to make it? Is she going to make it? And I sat down and I'm like, you know, if that is the route that you want to go, I'm here for you. If you don't want to go that route, you've given football enough. You can miss that. But Alex being Alex is, no, I'm going for it. I want to make it. I want to make it. Because... At the end of the day, football's a sport, and we do it for fun. Does scoring goals make people happy? Yeah, but there's more to it. And so that that process of making players trust themselves, you've got a, a workbook in some of your original materials on this called Mastering the Inner Game. What's that process like from a mental standpoint in building a player's confidence and, and helping them trust themselves? Well, we break it down. There's so many components to it. And I believe that what we do is a huge part in the mental game as well. So you take a player like Rach, she has to train extra. So when you had a coach come in to a club who was very, very strict on periodization, what you're doing there is taking away the mental aspect of someone training more. Right? I've known that I've trained a little bit more and when a coach comes in and bans that, that's what it, it changes in their head, but they, they haven't done extra, so they're not as good. So with the inner game, it's all about, first of all, believing in your ability. And I believe in target setting or goal setting. And if you want to be this kind of player, you have to map that out. And it's all part of the, the psychological aspect because you break it down to bite-sized goals. Because I wouldn't get into my car and just drive. If I wanted to go to Vegas, I wouldn't just drive. I'd map it out. Right? Or I'd go on my GPS and it'd tell me where to go. And it's the same with wanting to achieve something. And sometimes you get a flat tire. Sometimes you run out of gas. And you have to readjust. And it's just showing players little things that they can do in-game as well. Because if you've got a coach screaming at you, some players react well to that a lot of players now they don't players are a lot more sensitive now right and they don't react so well coaches going crazy and it's about showing players how to deal with that to maintain their composure and just be the best player that they can be there's a viral tweet going around right now that is hands up if you know what a carbon copy is and you mentioned Rachel Daly and last season, the goal that she scored with her weaker foot that was a goal of the season candidate, you've said was a carbon copy of the, of the work that you've done in training with her. Right. It was funny because I'm a little bit of a wind-up merchant, right? 
So it was against Chicago and the ball come in, she cuts, she cuts Casey short, goes inside on her left and just, I don't know why, she loves scoring against Alyssa, top left-hand corner. And we've done that thousands of times. So I cut a video up of the goal and the last time we did it, which was a couple of months before. And then still I had people going, so you could have just had to do that after the goal. Yeah, well, I think people don't understand the mental aspect of doing it either, that building those small habits that seem like not a big deal can have a have a big impact when you add them up. Yeah, it's not like consciously, right, just saying, you know, I've done this a million times in training a day. You know, but subconsciously, she knows positioning-wise that she's done that 100, 200, 300 times. She's done that. And she knows how to strike the ball because she's done that. And she's repeated and repeated and repeated. And then she goes and Rach is actually a really good example of it because there's been a few times that she's just scored like carbon copy goals from training. And with her, it's, it's the mental side of it, huge mental side of it, because Rach is one of the ones who, as I said before, she has to train a little bit more just to know that, She's top. But when you see players who have trained that much and done the extra work, they don't become robots. They become better decision makers on the pitch. Yeah. I mean, I think the robot thing started with like Corva in their old videos and you've got all the kids doing exactly the same and they're all perfect at it. And I think that's where it got started from. And with our stuff, I've got mad respect for Corva. I don't hate on them whatsoever. They, they're brilliant. But what... I always tell people with our stuff is like, especially the footwork, because that's mostly what I put on social, right? It's footwork. That's why, you know, coaches call me the clown with the cones. Who's laughing now? But the footwork is designed, like the pattern is, is designed to challenge things mentally, to remember it all. We're not creating patterns that players are going to do in a game, right, with the footwork. But every touch in that pattern is a repetitive touch to get into their innate core that they will do it in a game, right? So a little pullback outside, they can do that in a game, a little roll, they're going to do that. So, you know, we, we don't... Hey, look, the biggest critics are the same coaches who then watch a Leeds United training session and start then for their U10s practicing lots of complicated passing patterns and, and don't understand that they should be more critical of themselves than than anyone else it's easy on twitter though isn't it right on instagram it's easy to throw bricks and usually i don't respond but like sometimes it just gets on your nerves and i always just respond with you know don't say something on air that you wouldn't say to my face right because if you if you see me face to face and you want a selfie so why are you talking smack with me you know it makes me sound arrogant but it's the truth not feeding the trolls is important. And so when you think about the players that you've worked with that really internalize the lessons that you, you're teaching them, you know, you think of yourself more as a guide than as someone who can just tell them what to do, because I think you've described it as that they have internalized the value of delayed gratification versus instant gratification. And the reason why I'm thinking about it is there's the the saying in the in the social media world which is don't feed the trolls. That they're looking for some reaction, some instant gratification. And so how do you cultivate that in your players and in yourself? I won't take on clients when I get an email saying, 
try out to next week. No, but but everybody else, right? Like whether it's I've got some really really good kids right now, and I've had them for a few years. And when we onboard people, you know, I'm very very honest with them. Like this isn't a, a quick fix. And we work with elite players. And when I use the word elite, I mean mindset. I don't mean technically and physically. Because I believe that elite is a mindset. So you can have an eight-year-old who just wants to work. And to me, that's an elite mindset. Right? It's a, a little bit different. A lot of kids want to play still um, playing Call of Duty. This kid wants to work. Olivia Moultrie is a fantastic example. Olivia is with the Portland Thorns and lives at an elite mindset since she was a kid. I worked with her for a couple of years and all she wants to do is train. That's an elite mindset. All they want to do is get better. So, you know, our players know from, from day one that this isn't short term and it's a long-term thing. Most of my players I've had for at least four or five years, like Alex and them, it's 10 years, which makes me feel old, but, I haven't aged at all, I don't think. But no, it's, it's, it's basically being realistic. And any trainer who says, oh, I'll get you there, I'll get you better in a week, that's a lie. Like, technically, no chance. Mentally, could do. You build them up. But technically, no. It's a long, long journey. Even mentally, if you don't build those underlying habits. It's a band-aid fix, right? Yeah. There's a big debate in the soccer community between Messi and Ronaldo, who's who's the greatest player. You know, I think that the popular opinion is that that Messi is all nature and Ronaldo is nurture, that he's put in more work. My impression is that they're just different people and one's a bit more humble publicly, but not necessarily any less hungry. They both work really hard and are constantly improving. And like you say about Alex Morgan, that they don't recognize a ceiling for themselves, that they're always trying to improve. When you think about your own work as, as a trainer and as a business person, how do you evaluate your own work to make sure you're, you are constantly improving? As a business person, I'm awful. I'm not brilliant. I'm not ruthless enough. Like that last week, I should have been snapping everyone up, but I'm like, no, I'm going to take your time. No, I mean, I think that's your own advice about instant versus delayed gratification. Yeah. Business-wise, clearly I'm not a business guy, but I've morphed into one. So I've had to learn everything. Like all of our websites, I build them. All of the emails, I set all of that up. With the app, I have an idea. I had to find a team to build it. So I'm, you have to stay in a constant state of growth. As a trainer, I, I get my best ideas on the field. And technology has made it easier because of video. So, I, you know, I have players send me video and then I might write, I can make, you know, we have them do low light and highlight reels so they can send me their low lights. And I'm like, okay, and then we'll design around that. So again, it's, it's constant growth. When you see videos of your training sessions, do you watch those to see how you've led the training? I do. I don't like my own voice, so I'll watch it on a low thing. And usually with me, my biggest flaw is I expect people to know how something works. So I'll set out a drill and I'll be like, yeah, do that, do that, do that, do that. This is why we're doing it, boom, 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 boom. And then they're like, 
okay and they'll do it wrong and then I've got to go in and tweak it but it's I expect people just to get it first time and this isn't just your eight-year-olds who don't get it the first time this is world-class players who don't get it the first time I think there's a communication lesson there for for all leaders yeah I feel like the longer they <laughs> the longer they train with me they pick it up <laughs> a lot quicker but I've been working with Mal Pugh and bless her I'm like sometimes I look at her like they are you did not explain that girl does not know what she's doing right now. But I'm I'm getting better at it. And what I love about our players as well, Kelly O'Hara is the best one. Like if something's not working, Kelly will just flat out say, There is his crap. And you know, right? Even when you're coaching teams, you know, and you're like, Yeah, let's tweak it. And I always ask for player feedback as well, right? It's like, what would you do to add to this? What do you see here that we can add to it to make it more for you? And that's an important process of it as well, because then you're getting way more bought into it. Because I'm, I'm not going out there being that militant trainer. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. Because that's never worked for me. I'm not a Mr. Motivator type. Where I'm not like, yeah, come on, all session. That's a great job. It's not me. It's not who I am. Quite the opposite, actually. Right? It's like, do this, do this. This is why we're doing it. Boom, boom. And it'll be, you've got to do better there. When they do something well, it's like, pat yourself on the back then. Right? Because this is what the one thing that players always do. When they miss, they let everybody in the world know. But when they do something really well, they very rarely pat themselves on the back. From a business standpoint, one of the ways that you've built Beast Mode is through an affiliate model instead of a franchise model. Is that right? Yeah. So tell me the non-technology side of the business there, where you've got other trainers working under the Beast Mode brand. How has that worked and, and why did you decide to do it that way as a business? So it's done well. Like we've got we've got affiliates all over the US. We've just gone into Mexico in Mexico City. And you know an affiliate pays a, a yearly fee to us to use the name. We basically educate that trainer. So you then act as a mentor to that trainer. Yes, and obviously the, the brand name is pretty heavy now. So I would equate our training to quality. Right? I did speak more talk as quality. And again, our trainers are just churning out good players. And obviously it goes hand in hand with their club because the clubs are usually doing a good job as well. Brenda Stratton in Vancouver is doing fantastic. She's got a bunch of kids up there who are doing good things. A bunch of kids who have gone into that white caps. I don't know what it's called. Rex program, yeah. Yeah, the one where they're not allowed to train with anyone else anymore. But she's had a bunch of kids going there, which is, you know, very good. Mexico, our guy there has just started to work with the captain of, of Pumas in Ciudad uh, Mexico. So just that alone, right, the, the captain of Pumas, who I didn't know, he was already following us on social. Quintana, he's called wants to train with us is massive for me. And that's another language. You know, I don't do my videos in Spanish because I couldn't. <laughs> I'm learning. You are pendo, but not now. And that, that's huge. You know, it's, it's a real testament to, to the last 15, 16, 17 years. Well, I think it's an extension of the community you built when you first moved to California and, and then ended up running pickup games 
and now you've got the my soccer training app you know really just bringing a community together of like-minded players i was watching one of your youtube videos and right afterwards this advert came on for masterclass and it was with an author named neil gaiman who's an award-winning author, I think the first author ever to win the Newbery and Caldecott Awards for the same book, really prolific. So he's teaching this course and the advert says, I want to tell you about the process of writing a second draft. It's a process of making it look like you what you knew what you were doing all along, which I thought was a is a is a perfect sort of story arc to to how you've gotten to where you are. Yeah. It, honestly, like, it's crazy to me. To me, it's crazy. To me, like I go to that soccer coaches convention every year, and I still can't quite wrap my head around like people knowing who I am. It's still a little bit weird to me, and I don't think I'll ever get used to it. It's not that I dis I don't dislike it. I love the fact that people are using the stuff. You know, I love the fact that like my favorite part of the convention is when people come up and say, "Hey, my team's on." you know, doing this, doing that. I love that. It's just, it's, it all comes down to, to the work that I've put in. Like, you know, what people don't understand is like, this beast mode soccer thing and this my soccer training app, it's cost me my social life. I don't have one. It's cost me my relationships. I don't have a girlfriend right now because I work all the time. And I don't know, I girls don't like that. You know, I'm very, very fortunate to have a, a solid core group of friends who understand right, that I don't go out. I always got work to do. And that's that kind of like what annoys me when people are like, oh, you're, you know, you're big because you train those players. And I'm like, no, I'm big because I work my ass off. Whilst you're sitting at home in Corona doing nothing, I'm doing 15, 16-hour days. Well, to be fair, I think that people are you know, not everyone is comfortable with uncertainty. I mean, you've said it as, as people are scared of different. You've built a career on helping people own their own development of guiding them through sort of taking personal responsibility. While people are, are at home right now, what's a, what's a change that they can make or, or a new habit that they can carry forward in their, in their lives to improve their chances of success? Don't do what I've done. Don't sacrifice everything because you'll be you'll be in quarantine with your dogs. <laughs> right? You've got to have a healthy balance. I don't have that balance, honestly. I wish I did. And you know, woe is me, right? But I wish I had more of a balance. But I've got things that I want to do, you know, with, with the app. The app is the best soccer training app on our planet, full stop. But how do I know that? Because I've done my research. It's for players who who want to get better. Right? It's not cookie cutter. It's not, hey, everybody's got the same drills. No, it's still, we have a term called only development. And it's still all based around being self-reliant from the player. We, give, we spoon feed you so much, but not to the extent that you're doing the same drills as everyone else. You've still got to go in and pick it. But yeah. So from the outside, Dave, from the outside, someone who has built their career, I would argue, on building and maintaining great relationships. I mean, the reason why Alex Morgan and Ali Riley and Mal Pugh are so happy to keep training with you is because you 
care about them as people and you treat them as, as friends while pushing them to excel. You know, you've just said, don't do what I've done. I've sacrificed relationships. And I would say you've got different relationships, but from the perspective of owning your own development, what's your plan for building the other side of your life to make you feel like you aren't sacrificing for, for no reason? Tinder. <laughs> no, it's. I don't think it'll ever change. Honestly, I just need to meet someone who understands because I'm so driven. And now we've got this app. We've got our own like our real platform for it. I can't go into it. But we've got massive plans for that. You know what I need? I need to find a woman who's busier than me, and then you really appreciate it when you see them. Right, like, or someone who understands who wants to take care of my dogs, but it's 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 probably not going to change, honestly. I would say that that's probably because you know that there are some things that could be better in in parts of your life, but you're content with where you are and what you've done. Yeah, I'll run away from those and just plow myself into what's doing well. All right, thanks for your time today. Really enjoyed the discussion. You are more than welcome. Thank you for joining us today on The Beautiful Game. We hope you also have some new ideas and inspiration to live, work, and play better. Please subscribe to get future episodes. And you can join the conversation with your host, Tony Niccolo, on Twitter at WeaselsFC. FC.